he has tiny pedals. And that made me think, is there people at the club that you think would have longer feet than they do? I don't know if you guys have noticed in your um, your playing days, but yeah, Sam Michael, tiny pedals. Tom Warby, tiny pedals and tiny head. It's a grand old flag, it's a high-flying flag, it's the emblem for me and for you. It's the emblem and we're back for week two. Welcome to the Nodcast. Gee, it's, it's good to be going again. I'm Steve Mann. As always, I'm joined by Rob and Deegs. How are you, boys? Good. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. For, good to be back. Excited. Yeah, round two. Bigger and, big and better this week. It's, uh, it's, it's certainly going to be. And we're joined tonight by the first special guest of the year. Pretty clear with the feedback we got from the listeners out there who they wanted and we've delivered as, as all of the big news networks do. Big, big name. Welcome VP Social or one half of the VP Social duo at the club and one of the early favourites for the ladies, BNF. Blair Bunter, how are you, Blair? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on tonight. Fantastic. Good to see your clock in the background. It's a couple of hours out there, so you might want to get that looked at <laughs> once we're finished recording tonight. Boys and Blair, we've made it back for a second episode, which is an achievement in itself. How did you feel the first episode panned out? What sort of feedback did you guys get from around the club? Did it, was it positively received? Yeah, Tell well, me. from my point of view, I, I got a lot of positive feedback, um, which, you know, after we recorded, I wasn't sure how I was going to be perceived. You were um, real worried. You were really worried. worried. Yeah, but but the, the feedback was good. I had a few guys actually demanding in the last few days, where's episode two? So... Obviously, it's on the way. How many <laughs> listens did Benny Riley get up to? Because I, I know he was at two, three well, days he, in. Well, he's the one that's demanding re- episode two. So, <laughs> message texted me the other day, wondering where it was. Yeah. Big Phil, he was really keen. He was he was he was spruiking at footy training the other night. Um, he was really up and about. I know Pooch. Once he heard that he was mentioned, he got around it. Nick Peck cancelled his own podcast and got involved with ours. Um, after he heard our first session. So a lot of positive feedback. I don't know, did it, the girls, were they interested, Blair, or not? A few of the girls had to listen, and I think especially those with partners are keen to see um, which of the boys got stitched up. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You might learn a little bit about your relationship listening to the podcast. We did have a conversation, as was alluded to, after we went off air last week, and Dean probably wasn't the most confident that this was going to go. Even though he said it, we're going viral, we're going global, in about the last 30 seconds and we got off and he's like, and we were pretty surprised because of course, being a professional outfit that we are, we've got all the analytics set up. We, we saw the numbers ticking over and when we hit 200 downloads in about a day and a half, we thought, oh geez, this is, this is a little bit of a worry here, but uh, it's, it's saying, good to hear. I'm it's seeing been... the dollar sign, Steve, that we can uh, start making some money off this, I reckon. Yeah, it didn't well, take the committee long. Didn't take the committee long to start talking or oh, who's sponsoring, when's yeah. Open Corp getting involved. You know, we've, got to, we've got to understand what this is before we start monetizing. But to well, bring you down to earth, very quickly, Camelo D'Angelo was like, too long. Enjoyed it. But when I've got more than a drive in me, I've had to go it over two different separate drives. Too long. So, boys, we want to cut it back about 20 minutes. Feedback's you know, a gift, Carmelo. We appreciate that. And we, we listen to everyone. Uh, and, and the monetization question, we'll just address that right up front, which is we will never sell out. Um, and with that note, I'd like to move on to the open court first segment of the night, which of course <laughs> is that no, we've um we've we were excited to to get some 
some listeners right from around the club. We've had some past players contact us. We've had some current players, as, as you guys mentioned, pretty interested to hear their names called out. We've even had a couple of global listeners, although given one of them's a family member of ours and the other one's trying to get into the family. A big shout out to Barry out there. Good luck with the visa application, mate. But you still count as an overseas listener. So we have officially gone global, which we're quite excited about. Moving along though, I don't think the podcast listeners want to hear us talk about the podcast. Blair, we're one week into the season. We'll get a chance to talk about the girls team who really have set the standard week one for, for the club, which is fantastic. But there's also a bit of momentum building around the functions. We did talk last week and Diggs gave us a bit of insight into your performance at the season opening event. Have you sobered up yet, first of all? Uh, I continued into Easter weekend up in Darwin, but I've come back down to earth and I'm alive again. Glad to hear that. And, and it was a ripping function by all reports. Uh, you and Franny would have been pretty happy just the way the season got kicked off from a social point of view. Yeah, pretty stoked. Um, really impressed with the players to get around it and get involved with the past players. Had over 200 people there and it was great to get back out on the dance floor after a pretty horrible year last year. Pretty controversial how they banned drinking on the dance floor. That was one thing that caught my eye. That's what I blame my downfall because that leads to sculling drinks off the dance oh. floor. <laughs> it's not the first time you've been... Uh... You've had a big night at a function, is it, Blair? Because I've got a memory, maybe a few years back, you might have won their reverse raffle, won a pretty big sum of money. And the day after, you were vomiting behind the goals mid-quarter. Is that true? Uh, uh, not mid-quarter, but in the warm-ups. <laughs> actually played Rezies and Seniors. And um, good old Paul Deegan made me do two warm-ups and safe to say I wasn't feeling very well after that. Doing a second warm-up when you've just played the early game is absolutely <laughs> brutal. It feels like the most pointless exercise. The That's what pre-season's for as well. That's why you have pre-season events the same way as we have pre-season training. Just get yourself informed for the real stuff. And there's no more real stuff than the first event we've got coming up in a couple of weeks' time, the old beer pong tournament. How's the planning for that one coming along? It's going well. We've got um, people submitting their teams. So if you haven't done that, get your names in, get your song choice in before someone else steals it. But it'll be a hot topic of conversation who's going to take it out this year. From what I understand, Aidan Noon had his birthday on Saturday night at the night and then at about 2, 3 a.m. returned home to practice his beer pong. So I know he fancies himself. He's come out and said that he, he reckons he'll win this year. So um, there's a few people sort of vying for that pole position when it comes to the beer pong or seed one. Blair, you've obviously got a few of the teams already submitted. Who who do you reckon looks to be the favourite? Well, Franny's kept the boys' teams a bit of a secret from me at this stage. But from the girls' side, um, I'm actually going to back my own sister, Erin Bunter and Sophie Salviti. I think they're going to be some sneaky girls in there. It's a boys and girls only teams, are they? No, no combos? Oh, we haven't had any combos yet. The combos are always the best teams. And, and as, as exciting as it is to see who takes out the beer pong, I'm probably more interested in the costumes. If you look back and Sam, as the guy who was running it the last few years, you're probably at a better vantage point than anyone. What are some of the best costumes we've seen? Some of the best costumes. 
So me, who, who was the, uh, the a couple of wheelchairs a couple of years ago? The, the wheel, yeah, Stevie Wellsford yeah. was one in the wheelchair, wasn't he? And can't remember who the other one was. I think I think it was Liam Riley, maybe. Yeah. Jacob Murdoch and Tommy Ojewaz as the Rock. There's a, I don't know if you've seen it. The Rocket in his uni days, wearing sort of a turtleneck with a gold chain and some some sunglasses on an odd angle. They they were very good. I think they won best dress that night as well, from memory. I think they won a bit of money, maybe. I think there was a prize for that. I um, think um, Lockie Noon and Jared Rafford did a Peaky Blinders that was got a was a fan favourite. There was. I'm trying to think who it was. I think it was Mitch D'Angelo and Jess. They, they went in the netball outfits as a team. Was that last year or the year before? That Didn't sounds that exactly one. like Mitch D'Angelo. Um, yeah, I think I, I liked that one. It was out. good to yeah, – yeah, that's right. Um, th- that was a decent one. There was, I think the, the girls generally seem to dominate the costumes. There's just a little bit more – I don't know whether it's just a bit better cohesion between the partners or a bit more I planning think, that goes into it. I think a bit more, more style. They like to look good. They like to get the – the photos for the gram. Yeah, well, we, we, we spent a bit of time talking last week about some of the boys' haircuts, and I think looking good's not a high priority amongst that group <laughs> at this point in time. Well, I think looking good and dressing up has been a part of the, the club history going back to its origin. Wasn't there a, a talent night or a no-talent night that they had back in the, the 70s and 80s? Is that right? It was. was It was a time along for before political correctness had been invented as well, so... I think if the archives wouldn't look too kindly on some of the, the acts and things being dredged. Oh, so we're, we're talking some, yeah, okay. Not, I don't think any point. of us were born, so I'm not sure that we can talk with any authority on it, but I I think there probably would have been a few interesting outfits getting worn back then. I've seen some, some footage of uh, my own dad back in the day that I wish I never saw, to be quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was There's he rocking? Up. Oh, God. He was dressed up as a female. He was doing well, Sound of Music, I think he did, actually. I think it was Sound of Music. but He might be able to pull that out this year because we've got a new function. We're retiring M Factor and we've got a mid-season review on non-talent night and we'll be oh. getting lots of people to put in some performances. We get both boy and girl performance does that mean yep. finally oh yep. that's good because i think more, more than half the talent is on the female side of the club so it's good that we're finally getting to see some of that coaches officials everyone's welcome yep everyone's welcome there's actually been a few um whispers about about this this night and i've already heard a few acts i know simon hall's preparing preparing Ooh. something for the review, which, you know, he actually didn't attend any of my functions last three years. So <laughs> now, now he assures me that he's coming to everyone this year and he's even going to participate in the review, which is interesting. Uh, that could be and- that could be the reason he's growing out the feathers because I've noticed, like, I'm not sure you guys have seen this, Simon Halls, he's grown a, a James Hurd sort of set up at the back. Um, he's got a real slick back and so is, so is so senior. So Peter Hall's grown the hair out as well. So maybe there's a duo getting I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Rob, I've heard, I've heard his idea and that is exactly what's going on. The hair will be okay. left right by the time, it, by the time the review comes around. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you guys have brought this up because I've only seen him with the long hair wearing a hat for the past six months. And I just assumed he was wearing a rug and pinning it down at training. Just using the hat to hold it in place. So no, it's good no, to hear I've that there's actually it, some logic right. to it. No, it, it's it's luscious. Um, I'm very excited to see. And okay, so it's all come together. I've, there's a few of us had some suspicions about 
what the two hall boys have been doing. Very exciting. Very exciting. And this is what we're about. This is what the podcast is about. We sort of explore the issues, different points of the club come together and they try and work out what's going on. And it seems that we've, we're onto something. Breaking the big stories. We're looking forward to that. And Blair, just quickly before we move off the tickets for the beer pong night, do you just contact you and Franny or is there anything people need to buy through the website? There's a link on the website to the e-cart to purchase your ticket and then either send Franny or myself your team name and your team song. Fantastic. And while you're in that e-cart, feel free to pick up a bit of merchandise, maybe a jumper or two. I know Don Barker gets very excited when we mention the words e-cart. So merchandise, actually, is that a maybe a Nodcast merch? Do we go through the club for that or have we thought about that yet? Well, yeah, merchandise is probably one of the areas we could branch into. Although I must say, I was having a look on the website the other day at the new merchandise for the Mazenodian Club Mazenodians. Uh, there's the 200 Club, and there's you know all the new packages we've got this year. Some pretty good looking beanies and scarves on there. So might just sort of scoop a couple of them up first, and then if there's still if there's still a bit of appetite, maybe the Nodcast does branch into. So that. I went on the e-cart the other day to buy a bit of merch after paying for my subs and the d'angelo's broadly do an amazing job putting that together in the wellsford family so we appreciate all their work they do at the club round one finally we talked last week about how it's been a very long time since we've played footy and it was great to get back out there it wasn't necessarily the results that we would have ideally liked across the club probably a few more losses than we would have preferred but it was good to get back out there amongst the field. It was great to see a bunch of new nodders running around in the black, white, and blue. You were talking last week about nine finals campaigns, and we've, we've dropped a couple of games round one. How are you feeling about it, Steve? Surely you're a bit worried. Not at all. Feeling good, actually. We'll get to each of the games shortly, but I just there was enough green shoots coming through, some real positive signs. A lot of guys haven't played together yet. The girls really came out firing. You've got to be feeling pretty good about them. The feeder boys just came out and got the job done across the board. I think we're, we're, we're looking pretty. And also, you don't know round one. You don't know what sort of opposition you come up against. Still feeling very confident. Fair enough, fair enough. So, Blair, to kick things off, the girls really led the way across the club, both the seniors and reserves getting the job done. The seniors, 7-14-56, just knocking off North Brunswick, 0-5. Just put you guys second on the ladder after week one. Pretty exciting. You want to talk us through that one? Yeah, it was a great start um, for the season, especially to boost morale. We had a number of debutants, so it was good for them to finally get out there. Some of them have been training since pre-season 2020. So it's been a long journey for them. Uh, blustery conditions down at Allard Park. And um, we started off pretty well, but uh, had about six behinds on the board before we actually kicked our first goal. So once I'm just we got looking that, at the... Just looking at the box score, you kicked one goal 10 in the first quarter. Yeah. Just got a bit wobbly, a bit well, nervous having not played with goalposts. Or is this because Paul Deegan was taking all the shots at goal in the preseason game? Yeah, we're, we're peppering, we're simmering. And who is as, your goal kicking coach? Uh, Frankie, surely Frankie. I've heard it's Jake Charman. Jake Charman's. How many snags has Jake slotted in his time? It is Mate, Jake that- Charman. Uh, he was actually the umpire that day. Oh, was he rolling the TikTok do or not? Oh, I didn't even take notice of him, to be honest. <laughs> he was running around in the orange. We didn't want to know him. 
Because last he, last we heard that he he had he hadn't really graduated to posting videos, but he he got motivation from his TikTok, and we got a bit of feedback during the week from from Jakey, and he, he didn't really appreciate what we were, what we were saying about his new his new locks, but. Good to see that he had the confidence to umpire and coach at the same time on the weekend. Well, it doesn't sound like he was doing much coaching if goal kicking was his remit because one goal 10 isn't the best start to the game. But one thing that did start really well was we called it last week or Deegs called it to give credit where credit's due. Lara Del Conte, the recruit, jagged five in the practice match and just came in and kicked three on debut. Pretty handy first up performance. Yeah, it's been pretty exciting watching her all pre-season. She's been snapping them from the boundary line, bananas. I reckon she could be the best goal kicker down at the club, even beat the boys. If you're looking for a goal kicking coach in the, the girls' team, surely Julia Bortoli would be the person to go to after slotting one from 60 to win the game in the grand final back in 2017. Surely she'd be the one that'd be talking people through their routines. Oh, Jules was actually um, busy that day. She was captaining the resis. And the Rezies, of course, playing against North Brunswick themselves, got the job done 6-5-41 to 2-4-16. That was a pretty handy start to the year as well. Um, Julie Bortoli obviously getting the job done there, leading the team. Yeah, they did really well. Came out flying in that first quarter, uh, kicked four goals, so it was a great start. It was a bit slower for the rest of the game, but um, we've got a bit of healthy competition in the side between... Laura Gartland and Cass Stevenson, both kicking two goals. So I think it's going to be a pretty pretty even fight throughout the year who's going to kick the most goals between those two. Is that the first game back the girls have had from that team that lost the grand final back in 2019? Yeah, that is our first game. Did you play in that match? They went down by a goal or so? No, I was out with my knee, so I was on the boundary. Uh, coaching with Georgia so that was a bit stressful but um really different team really good to see the girls getting out there getting a run around again just about the senior women's uh typically in women's footy you don't see too many wrestles or fights but I've heard that there was uh the game on the weekend was littered with fights uh Danny Chris Campbell's girlfriend Danny I don't know what her last name is fighting off about eight Brunswick girls Adele Curley had someone in a in a headlock. Is this true? Uh, I think someone had Adele in a headlock, and then we had some girls come in come in and help her out. Um, but she she gave as good as she got. Uh, but those Brunswick <laughs> girls, they are they're Expect nothing less from Brunswick. They're a little bit feisty out that way. Is that is that typical of women's football, Blair? Is is the the sort of the sledging and the physical off the ball stuff typical, or is that just this week? Uh, it's not really sledging. Um, most of us are pretty chilled out, but then you've always got a few hotheads in the team who just want to win, and they'll tell you to get the f off them if they're pulling the hair or pull it tackling them the wrong way. There's always girls out there. Who are the hotheads at Mazenod? Who are the ones that we need to keep an eye on through the season that, you know, may may overstep the mark occasionally? We've got a few new ones. As Deegs mentioned, um, Danny, she was a surprise, surprise packet on the weekend. T, she came through and went flying in to help Adele out. Alana, also, is, she, is she pretty keen when it comes to Yeah, 
Alana and Matty Parlow, I think, are neck and neck for the for the top Did, white line fever. Good that you mentioned Matty Parlow too, because she had a big fat lip so did she get punched in the face or what happened there um she ran in for a tackle probably girl double her size and uh came off second best but she got back out there Just so was like she, she did you see that later on the night is that how you knew about it yeah saw her at the she came to the knot that night one half of her lip was swollen like a like a tennis ball and the other half <laughs> was normal it was, a, it was a bit funny looking <laughs> the bad botox job yeah. So do you do you lipstick that or do you just keep that lay it, play it as it lies? I think she went the lipstick. You got to you can't. I don't know. You're tuning yeah, you through your lipstick it. supplies if you yeah. if you keep turning that one up. Back on the the resis again, but it was fantastic to see Hannah Woods. Just I noticed she just got named best on there coming back. It would have been her first game for the club, I assume, but just fresh off the baby. Is that as Woodsy well. related to related to Ben? It is Ben Wood's wife. wife. I believe it's his wife, yeah. Really? She, she's playing. She's, she's, she's she not just up. playing. She's dominating by the looks of things. Wow. Turned up to training, I think, this week. Uh, first two training sessions, straight into a game and gets in there and lays a solid bump. First so she, she's rocked up the last week of the uh, preseason and dominated on the weekend. Who do you reckon yeah, has given couple, her that advice? Yeah, yeah. there's a couple of people I reckon that have done that That's, over the years. That couple sounds like her husband. Yeah, yeah ben, ben Woods has done that. <laughs> James Egan pops to mind as someone that you, likes to roll in late April, play round one. Any, Stevie Ballack did that back in the day. Anyone else, Steve, you can think of? Stevie Ballack was trying to do it this year. Just a few little cheeky texts during the week going, uh, any chance of getting me in the threes for round one? So he's he's a master at it. I must say, speaking of her husband, Ben, he, he did the same thing. He, although he has trained a bit with the threes, but he, he had a run on the weekend. But he was spotted Thursday night at training holding a baby by the side of the of the girls' training as the, the girls were running around. So it's a real family. Oh, so, no, I, I, I saw it, his, he ran a lap. His baby? Or he ran a lap with it. I hope it's his baby. Otherwise, there's going to be some sort of police <laughs> sirens when we get to Columbia this week. No, yeah, here's one. Is it a one day? They, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a great family dynamic down there. Just big mix of football and. You would have to back your ability to rock up one, the last session before preseason ends and back yourself into performance on round one. I know Liam Riley and Thompson Cotter rocked up on Thursday night, just waltzed in after a couple of years out, out of the game to, um, to training on Thursday. So some people clearly back their ability so moving on to another of the successful teams on the weekend, and while preseason may not be for everybody, I think there's a fair few of these guys who put in a pretty solid one, and it showed on the weekend with the under-19s just getting the job done. Pretty strong division there as well in under-19 Division One, uh, 221. That's 33 goals, 23 against Old Ivanhoe, one goal, one seven. A couple of big performances there. Jackie Casper's just kicked a cheeky eight. There was just kick, kick zero goals five the week before too, so he's flipped that around. It's yeah, well, you've got to do it when it counts, don't you? And, and one thing that really caught my eye on this one was there was pretty much the entire team kicked goals, and they won by that much. They didn't even bother naming a best. Just never seeing that sort of confidence one week in before. Just don't even need it. Just, just it was arrogant, interesting because I saw Damon Sherlock after the, the senior game, and what caught my eye was the fact that. He, Liam Sherlock played, and we'll get to this, he played a great game in the seniors, um, his third game of senior footy. 
Damien bypassed him and just talked to the group about how well the 19s had played. He was very quick to talk about how they kicked 33 goals. He was very quick to talk about how they had to move Jack Caspers from full forward to full back just to get him away because he was going to kick too many. So the 19s are up and about, and they're very excited to talk about how well they're going at the moment. One of the things I found really interesting was a couple of the big names were the guys not amongst the goal kickers. So Zach Fisher, Johnny Backhouse didn't kick goals. So it's it's good to see just a really strong all-round team performance for week one. They've got to be pretty happy just with a <laughs> slight 200-plus point win just to open the season, get you a bit of percentage. It's a big win too. And you'd hope those six blokes were the six back backmen because otherwise... Jackie Casper's dish a few off, mate. Get the, get the boys involved. <laughs> nah, eight's a huge bag. That's very, very good. And hopefully those boys can snag a goal later in the season. Well, let's hope so. The the Unfortunately, the other 19 side, who kicked our season off on Friday night, which was pretty exciting to get a night game out of Parkside, didn't, didn't start anywhere near as well as the, the, the ones did. So the... 2-5-17 got done by 101 points by Parkside, 18-10-118. Not the ideal start you want for the season. Although we had a few sides that didn't start too well. Good to see Pascuzzi, fantastic name there, my man Mark, just getting amongst the goals. Uh, and Zachary Piano, just I assume he's a good piano player based on his name. Don't know much else about him, but uh, he jagged one as well. So, look, was, wasn't the perfect start for the year, but... It sounds like if you've got the the other side playing that well, there's obviously a bit of depth in the 19, so I'm sure they'll bounce back over the coming weeks. Poor old uh, Alex Pileski. I know I brought it up last week about his hammy and how he's made a miracle recovery. Oh, it's no. uh, it's gone again. It's uh, <laughs> It's gone again. First game back. I don't know if I mozzed him or not, but, yeah, it seemed like a pretty miraculous recovery in, uh, in my eyes, but... You've, you've absolutely jinxed him. And from what I've yeah. heard, he wasn't too thrilled about the reference. No, he, got he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy. He's, he thought, no, nah, the hammy's fine. What are you talking about, mate? And uh, unfortunately, it's, it's gone. Gone round one. So that's another four or five, five weeks uh, for Palesk. And just on that, the, his, uh, his girlfriend as well, what, what, did, what did she do, Blair? She copped a big injury too. Yeah, Louisa, she's got a, a fractured elbow or arm, missing the next uh, three to four weeks after her first game with the seniors. I couldn't think anything worse than a fractured elbow or a dislocated elbow. Is that what it is? Oh, how would you get that back she, in? I think it stayed in. I think it stayed in, but yeah, just a fracture. She'll, she'll be right. The girls are tough. I think the last person to have that injury was Peter Dean in the 95 grand final team. And he wore a elbow pad for the duration of his career. So it's not a common oh, one. That was not an elbow pad. He wore a, like a doona wrapped around his elbow for the rest of his career. It was the biggest the mattress, The mattress. The mattress. Yeah. The, the Sean Rand mattress. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a shocker. Um, well, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to, old Alexander Plesh. Um, as you know, we're a big fan of you on the podcast and we're wishing you all the best for a speedy recovery. Uh, and he and loves our work. He loves our work. <laughs> he, he certainly does. The We don't have a lot of details on this one yet, but great to see the, the two feeder teams just get the job done over the weekend, just kicking us off with a win, which is always fantastic. I saw um, Nam, Nam Nguyen dominated again, so that's good by him. 
Nam's a great player. He's very skillful, balanced, both sides of the body, very earnest in the way he goes about things. Um, and if, if you've got him on, if you've got him on social media too, he's always down the the oval, bananaing him from the boundary. He he loves it, loves his footy. And he's he, the Eddie yeah, Betts like, of the feeder, surely. Yeah, absolutely. By by a country mile. There's a fair bit of skill that goes on down there, and and of course they. They, the Blues got the job done against Geelong. The Whites got the job done against Venture Gully. The, Bill Ryan runs a pretty tight ship down there. It's a pretty strong program down at the Panthers. And uh, when I predicted nine finalists, I was pretty confident that I had two of them in the bag with those two. And the way the girls have started and some of the, the 19s, I feel like I'm halfway there. But unfortunately, talk about was Phil. Few- talk about Phil. He's, um, he's a big fan of the podcast, as we all know. And He's actually stepped up and been the team manager for the seniors this year. So um, he's really taken that step to integrate the feeder in the the broader club, that that extra little bit. So we really appreciate Phil's work. And he's I've been working closely with him trying to get some volunteers down to the feeder. So looking forward to building that relationship further this year. Yeah, it's definitely – it's one of the great things about our club is the the links we've got with the feeder teams. We've obviously got the the fantastic thriving women's program. We've got the links with the, the Waverley Park Hawks and uh, big thanks out to them for their use of Columbia Reserve last week for the big training session Thursday night before round one, which was a pretty big night from all, from all observations. We were still out there training when all the festivities were going on, so I didn't see exactly what was going on inside, but – it looked fun and the pizza looked warm back at that point in time when we still had 45 minutes to go. Um, Paul D, Paul, he's a life member. He was very quick to tell me and point out on the board and he looked very comfortable with the mic in his hand down at Columbia. Um, Not the being... first time. Not the first time he's had the mic down there, Rob. He's been doing that for years, mate. The, there was a few, few old names we saw on the boards, actually. Everyone just taking the time to look up and it was a, it was a lot of Mazinot greats that went through that club. So can someone tell me, at one point they were the Waverley Park Panthers, is that right? And they transitioned to the Hawks because I know there was a few Mazinov boys played for the Panthers at one point, the Sam Reeds and the Jeff Bates and those sort of boys. And then the Sam Deegans and those boys played at the Hawks, is that correct? Waverley Hawks, yeah. Yep. Changed their name. Uh, I think it might have been due to like a sponsorship from – the actual Hawthorne club or something. So they wanted just around the corner. So they wanted a, us to change it to the Hawks, I think. And your Matty Fewings and your Jack Sullivan's and your Osbert Tallis, they they came through the Waverley Park Hawks as well? Yeah, they were all down there. Not impressed with their work by the tone of that, but... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not... They're no Deegan. They're no, they're no Sam <laughs> They don't have a statue down there, mate. I was actually saying, we, we trained there last Thursday and uh, one of the last times I was down there, I actually... I filled in for a game in under 17s and, and did the uh, Lee Matthews just bump the post out of the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, yeah, the old wooden post. So now they're all uh, concreted in. Um, oh, no. Yeah, under 17, what post were you playing with that they could come out of the ground? It wasn't like you're playing like a little under nine uh, grid match as a 17 year old, were you? No, they, they, were, they were wooden posts down at Columbia. This is whatever it was, six or how old am I? 24. Pre-renovations, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're all, they're all, they're what are they? Steel post concreted in now, I think. So unlikely to and, ever come out of the ground again. 
And we're, are we talking those Subiaco type padding where it's very thick or just a light trimming? It, uh, it actually did my AC joint and I, I missed the next five weeks or four weeks Ooh. from it. So it wasn't very nice, but I did. There's only, I've only ever seen those posts knocked out three times, I think, in my career down there. So I'm one of them. Pretty <laughs> prestigious, prestigious and crew. Did they fashion the post into some sort of trophy for you or what do they do? They should have. That's a good idea. I don't know where I'd put it, Rob. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Just next to the idea. actual trophy of you that apparently is getting directed <laughs> down there. Let's let us let us move on. We you touched on Phil Ryan and the seniors. We might we might work through the senior men's teams in reverse. So um, the first one, the, the thirds, just a lot of hype. Didn't quite a lot of hype. Well, probably very, okay, maybe very, maybe. very <laughs> up and about last week. The the thirds boys. They were on the podcast. Steve was trumpeting what was going to happen this season, and then on Thursday night, I've never seen a group roll into Columbia and just say, "We want half the ground, boys." Where's our footies? We're about to go to work. So there was there's a bit of there's a bit of a vibe on Thursday. Yeah, well it's 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 gonna be a it's gonna be a great unit. It's it unfortunately a few things didn't quite pan out for us. Selection was tough with 45 guys to pick from and we probably didn't realise we were playing on the ground the size of a little league game when we picked the team with no key position players at either end. Is it is it true that half the boys come from a, a gridiron background? They they're more used to the the stop start setup of a gridiron match rather than the free flowing three sixty degree angles of AFL. There's about ten of the gridiron boys, um, but no. T- to be honest, the weekend was probably a bit more about we, we just were a bit undermanned up forward in particular. Just through we had we had a few injuries Thursday night. We we're probably too up and about at training by the sounds of things. We had. Uh, Sean Bamblett do a thumb and <laughs> Maddie Giuliano, who who would have just kicked a bag on the weekend on that tiny ground, just went for a late hit on Pickles at training and did his shoulder. He, he's Is Mazinot's favourite bouncer playing full forward? Jeff Davis, he, he was he was rostered off this week, so we didn't have him. So we just we just missed a lot of our forwards, unfortunately, the five hours in there. So we got done. 21-10, in the end. Is it true that you may have slotted one from 50 on the run very early in the game to put you guys up and there was a very prolonged celebration? I've, I've heard that that's true. <laughs> might have been true. Might, might have kicked the first one. A 50 is probably understating it a little, but I probably kicked it from about 80. Might have done a big celebration, got the boys up. We went a goal clear and then next thing we know, we're eight goals down at halftime and we've only kicked a couple more. So yeah, probably didn't have the I heard you were I heard you were high fiving all the way down a full back. Is that true? I I, sh- I might have shaken my opponent's head and said bell up next year, mate. Might have gone a little early. You're putting that you put this that week behind you though, Steve, because someone's told me, someone's messaged in and said that you've got a big big milestone game this week. Is that correct? And what Yeah, he's been so, pretty tight lipped about this. He's been yeah, very tight a lot. Uh, yeah, well, it is. It is a. <clears throat> I got to get through the week first, and at thirty-five, that's never an absolute given. But yeah, assuming I get there, it'll be two fifty on Saturday. So nice little, uh, nice little round number. But means a thousand quarters of footy. Uh, assuming I play out the game. But a great man once said, "When you get to the end zone, just act like you've been there before, and you'll be there again." And it's sort of the way I look at milestones. I don't. I'm not writing myself off yet. So just I want to know. Just over. I want to know who who the best player you've ever played with is. 
a thousand quarters, uh, you've, you're bound to have played with someone at least. Yeah. Uh, probably. So I've, I've played my whole career more or less as reserves, played a little bit of threes. So I guess I'm judging off guys that for that level. Chris Judd um, played a Rezzy's game one day. Yeah, that's right. Day, that's so right. He... <laughs> R- R- Rob likes to always talk about the day that he and I played together and I think we had about 60 touches and he had 15 of them. So he contributed a little. <laughs> um, no, no, probably the, Cam Rain was a very, very good twos player. He just kicked 10 every week just for fun. Uh, he was a very good player. And, and Luke Hawkins, who's probably not a well-known guy, but he, he just dominated every single game. And he was just a – he played a bit of one's footy, but he was just sort of a – he was a very small guy. Just, he was an architect. Way too good for twos level. Yeah, just he was he was he was great. Just left foot out, never missed the target. In, in more recent times, look, there's been some very good players who've kind of come down late in their career. Really, Nick Clavins would be someone that pops to mind. Yeah, Nick Clavins for threes is just far far too good for that, and he's he's kind of played that his whole career and just dominates every year. Racked up about eight B and Fs just quietly at clubby's level over the past ten. He, he's closing years. in on one fifty games as well, apparently. Yeah, I think he's six or seven away. Um, just Netta, the historian, tells me. So, looking forward to that. That'll be a big one. So, yeah, there's there's, there's been a few, been a fun journey. Is it true that on your 150th, you ran through a banner into a door? Is that true? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> it, it is. Um, so, basically, what happened was it was the day I remember it, despite the kind of mild concussion I got. I remember it well because it was the opening ceremony of the London 2012 Olympics and not my wife at the time, but my wife now has got up early and was doing something. I just assumed she was watching the opening ceremony. And then I got out and she's like, put your footy gear on. I want to do a photo. So I changed my footy gear about 8am and she'd made this crepe paper banner, 150 games across the double doors, like my back door, double doors from the, the lounge room. And she's like, run through it. So, and the doors were open on the inside. It was just crepe papered across. So I've just charged straight through, but the second doors behind were still shut. And I've just gone straight into the doors. <laughs> Played my 150th with sort of like a bit of a half black eye and a bit of blurred vision. It wasn't, uh, wasn't the best start to a milestone game. So who are you playing this week? Who, who, who's the 250th against? Well, yeah, we, we've got West Brunswick. So looking to bounce back. They were in a close game on the weekend. So they're somewhere middle of the pack. So I think we'll find out in the threes. Where we where we stand a little bit more this week, um, Q were decent. We were undermanned, and you know they were an undefeated side last year. So I think we'll hopefully get a bit bit of a read this week about where we where we are. Was good to see though. Just wrapping up from our game, a few great old Notter names back out there. Woodsy running around, getting plenty of it. Big Jamos Satraro, Nick Clavins, who you mentioned, looking good. Joel Caffrey, just two minutes in, just knocked a guy out, absolute senseless, just putting his head over it. So. Um, yeah, there's still a bit to be excited down at, at Three's Land, and uh, hopefully we can get the job done this week. Moving on, the the Rezies uh, on the weekend came up against Old Geelong. Was a they're usually a pretty tough opponent in that league, so you know you you kind of know you're getting a reasonable hit up first up. Unfortunately, didn't get the job done in the end. Went down five five thirty five to Old Geelong twelve eight eighty. Deeds, you take us through that one. We started reasonably well. Sort of, you know, not a couple of goals down, maybe at half time, and then they came out and kicked, put about uh, six or five or six goals straight after half time, and got out to a big lead. And then we sort of made a bit of a late charge, but it was too late. 
um, and end up going down, like you said, by five-ish goals. Um, but, yeah, the better players on the day, Aiden, Rand Oliver, dominated in the middle. Matt Sire was good. Deng, I thought, was pretty good um, in the ruck. And I'm sure Rob will mention it, but his older brother debuted in the ones as well as a ruckman. So, And I think their younger brother is a chance to get drafted as a ruckman as well. So just ruckman everywhere in that family. But, yeah, not a great start for the Rezies, although it was a good effort. One thing I do want to mention is uh, Lockie McKenna, I think it was his first – well, he's, he's the vice-captain of the team, but um, Ben Riley played in the ones. So he led the team out this week. And McKenna's – they're not known for their pre-game speeches. I, I remember <laughs> under-18s, his older brother Tom used to dish up some of the worst pre-game speeches you'll ever hear, just – Lose track of what he's saying, and uh, have you been accustomed to the quality ones in the ones? I'm sure, Sam. Oh yeah, from Warbs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but Lock- Lockie was good. Lockie did well, and it reminded me just how bad Tom McKenna was uh, with his pre-game <laughs> speeches, hearing Lockies. So, well done to him. It's a the McKennas are a family that are pretty good communicators. Generally, you'd think with Paddy, who just ran an absolute. A-grade communications of the club for many years before it got handed over to me and the ship started sinking. So um, I'm glad to hear that the genes have been passed on somewhere. I'll just do a quick shout-out to, to Benny Gannon as well. Popped his shoulder out from – I didn't I obviously saw him on the ground, but I didn't see the shoulder. But from what I heard, it was very gross. So good luck to him. Did he come back on? No, he went to hospital. <laughs> yeah. mm. Like a, a bad, bad dislocation, Rob. So I think he'll be out mm. for a little while. So poor guy. And he was looking good on the track on Thursday night. He, one of those guys at first session back was rolling around and backing himself in the goalkeeping competition. He was very confident. So that's disappointing to hear he's popped it. Started okay too. He started well. He's a handy player being again. And actually, we we did have a similar not quite the same bone, but uh, Pickles, Michael Pecora in the threes had a, a pretty gross dislocation of his finger, which he was flicking some x-rays around on text yesterday, which didn't look too good. It was, you didn't quite know what bone you were looking at or what part of the body. Um, but yeah, that's never what we want to see for anyone, these injuries in round one. And then finally, the seniors, Rob, 7-9-51, went down to Old Geelong, 11-12-78. We're in it for a lot of the day, just didn't, couldn't quite get the job done. Yeah, we were pretty happy with the way we went. Obviously, disappointing to go down the way we did, but they kicked a couple of late goals and we were in it until the dying minutes. Some really good performances from some of our new players and, and some old ones. Really good to get Tubsy, Damien Byrne, back to the club. We spoke about him last week in regards to the pipes and they were in full functionality out in the halfback flank, laying some massive tackles, making some really smart decisions. It was really good to see Jared Raffa um, kick a goal early, get us off to a good start. We were lacking a few um, experienced players. Tom Warby was out with illness. Simon Hall hamstring, Liam Wellsford hamstring, Christian Peretti uh, back issue, uh, Brad Kovac away. So there's a couple of experienced players that were missing and the younger brigade really stepped up. We had five guys over the age of 25 and the rest were younger. So um, some really good signs. We had six debutants, which I think is a, is a club record from my experience in the last 
10 years. And something that caught my eye was the, you know, the range of um, roles that the, the different players played. So we had Mac Andrews make his debut in the ruck and um, full forward and had an immediate impact kicking a goal from the boundary after gathering a loose ball, which was really good. Matt Bateria played a really solid role in the midfield, kicking a really nice snap goal in the third term. Sam Michael with his grunt work in the middle of the ground. Jackson D'Angelo played a really nice game um, alongside his brother Mitch, who was he was fired up. He was really, really defensive of his brother in a couple of contests during the game, but he was he was fired up and played a really good game. And then we had Lockie Mann and Ryan, Ray, uh, Ryan Lavery, who played a really solid matches as well. The thing that caught my eye was really interesting that I know that guys like to get a haircut before round one and look really sharp. But we had two debutants on the weekend that decided that in preparation for game that they would shave their pins. So we had Jackson D'Angelo uh-huh. or Jooks shave his legs and Lockie Mann, a, a relation of ours, um, do the same. And it was really interesting. So they and they they weren't hiding it. They rocked up in, you know, eleven degree weather with the legs out, um, fully glistening. Or shaving up. cream still on there, or yeah, oh, no, they, like some sort of baby oil apparatus is what I noticed. So they were really very, they were very proud to get them out, and I, it made me think, what are the best pins we've had at Mazenod? Uh, have we had some sets of pins at our time at the club? that stand out above the rest. I'm not sure if you guys have noticed over your journey. Well, just, just before we kind of go back into the archives, what's the purpose? Is it aerodynamics or what's the, what's the rationale in this? Oh, it's clearly it's a bit vanity. old fashioned, but is it? No, it was vanity from what I observed. I know Lockie likes to talk a big game about aerodynamics and being an athlete. There was a lot of aesthetics and vanity from my angle. Dave, so are, you, are you are you one to shave the pins or Rob? I uh, got a set of chicken legs, mate. There's barely any muscle on there, um, so no, I don't shave the legs. Although I probably should not actually be able to see a little bit of muscle, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Who do we do? We have any cyclists at the club? I reckon there was. Oh, I don't know about best, but there's a few guys over the years who've really fancied their their legs. I reckon. Um, Stephen Oldman was always a big fan of his pipes. Yeah, he, yeah. I remember the there was a season. Find and, very tight shorts. And there was a season that he, he went up to Albury and he, he got a bit of winter sun that's it's not normal <laughs> for the people that reside in Melbourne. Um, and he came back for a final series with them very brown and he was very proud of them. That's true. He, I've, I've heard this was a bit before my time, but I, I've heard that Dom Barker back in his playing days was very, very big fan of his own legs. Just a bit of a, you know, just small, stocky in and under type player and just the legs were quite famous as he stepped out onto the field and might have made an appearance at a one of those talent nights you guys were referring to earlier once or twice. So shave the scalp and shave the pins in the in the one go, you reckon? Well, yeah, I guess yeah, if you're investing in shaving cream, you may as well just, just take off as much as you can. Diversify. I know... Michael Johnson, um, MJ, so Matt Johnson's son, brother of PJ, player in the, the team of the decade announced recently. He was very proud of the pins. He'd get them out as often as possible and, and, and was a fan of the short short as well. So maybe there's a bit of a common denominator there if they 
are proud of the pins. They're happy to go a more of a shorter setup when it comes to the away shorts and the home shorts. Blair, is there anyone that is more proud of their pins than anyone else in the, the women's side of things? I think the girls are more worried about who's got the better tan. Is it okay to go the fake tan pre-game if you've got a function on? What's what's customary? Nah. Kayla Salvini was telling me she, her fake tan was ruined on Saturday from strapping the old ankles, so it's never oh. a good, good idea to fake tan before game day. So how, how does it work? You've got to somehow squeeze it in if you're going to do it between game and function that night. Or you I, just got to, you can't do it. It's either you do it and look ridiculous, or maybe maybe wear some um, some sneakers and some socks instead of some heels. <laughs> I remember a few years ago there was there were a couple of girls that left mid game to go and get a spray tan. Uh, oh, no. So uh, you've got to do it. You've got to do it pre game, otherwise you, you start you start losing players mid midway through the game. <laughs> Got it for M Factor. They have to get their spray tans. <laughs> no wonder, no wonder Paul Deegan's jagging goals from the pocket because he's he's five <laughs> plays down in the last quarter. This is why we've done a great thing with Blair helping run the show on the socials this year. So we've got this sort of this logic and understanding as part of the planning process. Because no offense, Deegs, but I'm sure that's probably wasn't the first thing you were thinking when you were scheduling in dates for functions. Is how much time is it leaving me to get the uh, spray tan done? It was all about how quickly I could get there after a game and start drinking because uh, the stress that Dom Barker puts on you to, <laughs> to make money, <laughs> I had to let let loose as soon as I could, get the function off to a good start. Well, yeah, D- Dom's probably still paying off the, you know, 400 footballs someone ordered 10 years ago that we've still never quite got to the bottom of the, the line Butchies of credit Cowboys. <laughs> Yeah, Butchies Cowboys. So, look, um, the other segment that we we debuted last week, speaking of all the debutants the club had, was the Weekly Whispers, um, which we've had the, the emails, inboxes and the DMs just flooding with people coming to us with, with ideas, trying to dob people in, which has been highly entertaining um, Stewie Inglis, was, he was straight up to me. He, he confirmed it. So I'm excited to see Stewie back in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's funny you say that, actually, because the first one I've got, and this one's literally breaking because the message came through while we've been recording the podcast. But you've gone from a week ago, Stewie's making a comeback, to just literally 20 minutes ago, message going out, Stewie scheduled his bucks for a Saturday afternoon in a few weeks' time. So what's yeah, going on? I, How I was your mail run? I, I checked that message as well. I was disappointed to see that. Um, it turns out that it was organised by a former player um, who is at a rival club, and I, I don't really want to use his name, but it's it's Chris Collins, um, and he doesn't clearly doesn't take footy as seriously as he did when he was at the Nod. So apparently, it's okay for Clayton players to take a week off whenever they want. So yeah, Stewie's scheduled. Well, unbeknownst to Stu, that he's he's got a Bucks party on a Saturday when he's going to be lining up for us against Marcelin at home. But, um, yeah, we'll see how that one plays out. I'm checking my messages right now. I haven't got any messages. So um, <laughs> if you guys can just let me know where it is and I'll, I'll, I'll be down there. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be in a bye weekend, uh, Diggs. Just, yeah. That's all you got to know. <laughs> any, uh, Diggs, have you got any – I know you're a man who's just plugged in everywhere, tentacles all over the club. Have, have you had any whispers come your way over the course of the week? got a whisper and uh i'm embarrassed for this man 
uh, <laughs> to be quite honest. Rob, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question. So usually after the senior senior games on a Saturday, Arvo, you know, you might, the boys might have a shower or whatever, and then you rock in and the teams will do an after match, uh, you know, go through the results and they might, the other, the other, the other team might give out, you know, six beers or something to the best player of each team on the day. Yeah, um, that's that's usual. It's always nice when they hand you a six-pack over you, absolutely. Yeah, you've probably won a few of them uh, over your career. Anyway, so from what I, I wasn't there, but from what I'm hearing, Old Geelong took a little little while to get their aftermatch going on Saturday. And so, you know, as time went on, players, Mazinov players started leaving and supporters. Um, but there was one man who decided he wanted to stay and, and ended up staying on his own for a, for a while because he was pr- pretty certain he was going to get the beers. Um, and that man was Gus Paddy. Uh, <laughs> He's so, never stuck around in his career. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he thought he was, he was going to get a free six-pack uh, to enjoy maybe, well, we don't encourage drink driving, but maybe when he got home. Uh, turns out they didn't give anything to him. So he's, he's hung around for two hours after the game and he's got nothing. Uh, bad luck Sitting there on his phone at a table by yeah. himself? Or was he chatting to the locals? I don't know. I wasn't there. I was gone. He's a, he's a pretty quiet customer, Gussie. So I reckon he would have been pretty happy with his own company. But yeah, that's interesting because I know he's, he's he rushes out generally. You have a quick shower and then away he goes. So for him to stick around, he must have been pretty sure he was going to get something. Pretty filthy. Even uh, he he made his way down the knot on the way home and had a couple beers there because uh, he obviously didn't get any and must been salivating. <laughs> he didn't didn't pick up his own six pack at the drive through, did he? I Just think, so he could I go home and tell everyone that he won the verge. Well, the Villaggio Sands is around the corner from the knot, so maybe he just popped through and picked up something. <laughs> I don't know, but Garcia, that's no good, mate. Uh, yeah. Good, good to uh, it's it, it's good to have that sort of confidence around one though. Means he's in for a big year. Blair, you got any for us? I do. It's controversial. I might not <laughs> want to say it because I might get made to run ten laps at training every week. Uh, controversial is what we want. We want controversy. The old whisper on the grapevine is that uh, Georgia Anderson will be performing a ballet performance. Um, oh yes. The mid-season review. Well, so are we talking, are we, we're talking Swan Lake or the Nutcracker or? We'll be in a uh, Mazenod theme tutu. So that's oh, what I've heard. Wow. Is she, has she got a background in the performing arts or not? Uh, her family is actually a bunch of um, dancers. They all grew up doing ballet. So she's going to wow. whip that out for us at the mid-season review. Oh, this is fantastic. This that's is. Great. I wonder I, if she's I, using a bit of Paul Deegan's work from back in the day is a bit of inspiration is, you know, it's getting tapes out together. Maybe Paul well, can get out there with her. It's probably not the worst idea because from what I've heard, and, and he says it himself, but apparently he was pretty good back in the day. And I've, I've taken uh, in his footsteps because I did win a Mr. Maznod one year as well. So just wanted to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> Talking yeah, about performings in the family. Talking about great performances. We've had a few over the years. It'd be maybe something we need to explore in the future weeks, but there's a couple of popped to mind straight away. Uh, the Winter Wonderland performance from Stevie Wellsford that we're still cleaning up from um, with his... With, with his the bathtub? No, 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 the bathtub was the year oh, before. No, this was don't the, bring that up. 
This was the beanbag balls that got sprayed around every little um, crevice of the the club room. He did. He did Frozen, the song Frozen, and decided to chuck a few fans on and. Get the crepe paper going everywhere. Phil Moran retired after having to clean that one up. He's never been seen back at the club. I think I think me and you were down there the next day, Rob, cleaning that. Steve's there. Yeah, we were using a shovel and a rake. We didn't. (laughs) Nick Thomas wasn't happy either. Him and him and his beautiful wife Zuz came down to sort of help try and clean things up and. There was a there was a feeder game trying to get ready at the same time, and it was there was all these beanbag balls flying everywhere. It was uh, it was quite a difficult time. So yeah, we've had a few big performances over the years. We probably we probably uh, can't speak about it because there's a there's a rule that what happens at M Factor stays at M Factor. So we've we've broken that rule for that that story. But I wonder if we if might have like... to have an M Factor only recap podcast episode. I think given the event has now been retired as Blair broke the story for us earlier tonight. I think it's a bit like, but kind of like the, you know, the U S the, the files get released from confidentiality after a certain point in time and they can be discussed released to the public. So we might, we might have an episode later in the year where we just go back over some of the impact of best moments. Pull back um, the curtain. Yes. Well, yeah. Plenty that's gone on behind those curtains over the years, but anyway, we'll save that for another time. Rob, did you have any whispers for us before we wrap up? Take that as no. Um, <laughs> so that might be might be enough for this evening. So, look, Blair, thanks very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on the Nodcast. Good luck for the function week after next, and good luck for the girls to continue the tremendous start to the season. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's been good to learn a few things about our club. And uh, Deegs and Rob, thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Good luck on the track this week, and good luck for Saturday. Thanks, Steve. Good luck for your 250th, mate. Looking forward to seeing how the thirds go and hopefully they put in a big performance for you on the big day.